0: Do you believe in miracles? We got Fizzle in the house. Fizzle, what's good, man? Fizzle, glad to have you here. Let's go. This the South Harmony Podcast. Glad you're here today. That Patreon link if you hit here to stay.
1: Dynasty best ball, that's my favorite way. 40 chess trade show, let's make a trade today or check the AMA. You know Adam at the ATM. Mike always in the building, he gon' stay with him. They gon' start every show off with their own trade. Fantasies, a big ocean, they made their own wave. Make sure you tapping in Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesday, like Saturday morning, ain't no better way. Notification bell when the news break Go subscribe right now, don't get the news late Destination, Debbie, that's the team Dynasty football, man, that's my favorite thing I remember Biggie said it was all a dream Now people watching on their phones and computer screens Welcome to the team Let's start the show What's good, everybody? Tuesday night AMA. We are back together. No, Maddie, key womb this week, unfortunately. Unfortunately, unfortunately. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Maddie killed
0: it. Maddie killed it last week, man.
1: I love Maddie. Maddie's the shit. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Even those of you who don't live in America, we'll still celebrate. We'll still celebrate with you. And I think back to a time, Adam, back to a time in the 1700s when England blew a 13 colony lead (laughs) to the eighth seed. The 8th seed came up and got him. (laughs) Happy Independence Day, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Adam, you are back. What is up, buddy? How are you? How are you?
0: I am very well, man. I am so happy to be back. Um, Took last week off. It was necessary. Let's say it was necessary. Got a lot of things done around the house. Wife's going back to school. Daughter's getting ready to go to daycare. Trying to get things in order. Baby proof. And all the, you know, checking the, you know, the the dotting your T's crossing your t's down your eyes sorry <laughs> you Miss, i'm, I'm that missing back. that up too yeah see there you go the i need to be back real. i need to be back man i need to be back I'm, I'm sitting there like taking the week off and i'm trying to like watch mike and maddie on the live stream for the first five minutes like what what are you doing you took the week off so you get stuff done you get get off of the <laughs> get off of the live stream you know it's, but it feels good to be back man here. yeah it feels good to be back got some things done um actually speaking of baby proofing here i'll give you a little preview if you if you like you know your ATM to drink, um, it's a little closer now. The bar is right behind me, so I don't know if that's good or bad, <laughs> uh, well, it's not either. It's great. Um, I-
1: I'm gonna know. move mine down here, and see what my wife says. I bet it's a no.
0: Well,
1: you're lucky. You're a lucky man. <laughs>
0: she there- approved of it. There's, there's nowhere else for it to go, you know. Um, I got the casting couch over there for Mike when he comes, and I got the bar here. So we're, <laughs> all, set. we're all set for Expo, I, man.
1: I don't need to leave the basement. I'm going to be locked in Adam's basement. So if you don't see me at the Friday night party at the Expo, you know where to find me.
0: You got the little basement windows. You, you can, you'll be good down here. Um, uh,
1: I don't think I'll fit there. <laughs> I don't think I'll fit
0: No, you just get some air. You, you ain't getting out. You just you get some air through there. Um, oh, okay. On a 10-hour bus ride, so the stream is much needed. Wow. That is a Whatever. long bus ride, man. Where where are you headed, Gump? Uh A B says million dollar question of the night. Did Mike learn what love is? Oh man. If you if you didn't catch if you didn't catch that part of the trade show, you gotta go back. You gotta go back and check that out, man. I don't
1: know. I still don't know.
0: You still don't know? No.
1: Nope. I'll tell
0: you what, you get the bar down in the basement, you'll know. <laughs> I
1: don't know what love is. All
0: right, I got it. Dynasty Barry says what's good. All right, Mike. So AB I put a I put the thumbnail together as you know, fireworks obviously you know big tradition here for yeah. Fourth of July American holiday tradition. Mike, I, I think though, what I found a lot of times that there are some leagues that are just stand you can't do anything. But like we saw with with you on the Savage Semester, uh, I got a deal done recently that was something I wouldn't have thought would have happened. Right, the only way you get there though is is sending out offers. You know. Yeah, Lighting yeah. the end of that Firework and seeing if it'll set off Or not you know sending stuff out Sometimes in the dead period The the best way to get It back is to Just let one trade go through right and all of a sudden The trade envy happens and other people See a deal go through and they want to match it And then next thing you know you have three or four Deals in a league that hasn't had people Chatting it for three four five days Right
1: <laughs> you'll see the uh, On sleeper right the, the chat bubbles
0: Yeah the, the little little pop- Yep. They pop up
1: when somebody's, you know, been in the chat and read it. And you'll go like four or five days where there's, you know, just waivers, right? And and there might only be two, three chat bubbles in there. People are paying attention. It seems like every time that trade notification goes through, even if it isn't one of yours, because I probably have offers out to random people, you're like, ooh, a trade has been completed. <laughs> you click on it and you see somebody else is in there, and you're like, damn it, I want to make a trade. I want to trade something. So it is a perfect way to get things popping off. And Hey, you might have to start with the uh, the snakes and sparklers, right? Big shout out to yeah, Joe yeah. Dirt the movie. Joe right? Dirt, you ain't got any whiz bangs, whisker do's, whisker don'ts. <laughs> you might just have to start out with snakes and sparklers, man. Like you just might. go small, go small time on the Fourth of July. Send out something small, see what happens, and it could get the trade envy going across your league.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, and the crazy part too is, I think a lot of times we get so. Uh, here, um, a lot of people we collab with and talk with like we get so deep 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 in the process and we really yeah. talk amongst ourselves in a small community and now if you're in a league with all those people that's one thing but if they're not tuned into a lot of the stuff that we're talking about some other creators that you probably are tapped into talking about uh, that we're talking about in discords <laughs> you you may not even know what their price is like you, you may be so far off from what they need on something and you're yeah. like shocked what what they would do this okay I, I'll take it the only way you do it is to get a little you know back and forth counter going all that but yes, tunchy, this is a do you believe in Miracles shirt
1: let me let me ask you this then too I mean sure. we're on the topic of it you want to kick start some deals in your league you want to, you want to send some out and get some fireworks going Adam this has kind of been a I don't know I don't ever really do this and I know other people who I've heard this shit multiple times from patrons other podcasts other people in the space right and it's i never send out my my best offer first like how are you when you send off your your offers like if you're trying to get something going i mean i'm not out there just to cut somebody's kneecaps off all the time but i send something that i figure is pretty close to fair obviously i like to decide that i'm getting a little bit more otherwise i wouldn't be sending the trade but i'm not like one of those where I, I'm only sending you 80% of what I would actually send. Like, I'm sending you what I would actually fucking send you, man. There's, I'm not going to sit here and go back and forth all day about we're going to counter back. Like, it's pretty damn close for me if I send you an offer. So if you don't like it, like, I don't know what else to tell you. It ain't like I was, uh, you know, saving that first in my back pocket (laughs) because I didn't want to include it in the deal. If I was willing to get rid of the first, it's in the damn deal. But how are you when you do it? you put yourself on mute man that's how rusty 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 rusty,
0: rusty. <laughs> well I, I know i gotta let my ma- my man talk I, I gotta take the mute off damn it um so i would say that for me uh i try to the the bigger i get with portfolio the harder it is for me mike to have all the knowledge on my league mates right now i i, I preach about it a lot and i still try to like i have notes on some people i have things you know locked in the chamber brain chamber upstairs but it's harder to know right. if i know if you're in 30 leagues right like I, I play in the league uh mike's in almost all of them so i know on one manager basically what i need to do and that's either come correct or get like bent get out of here right <laughs> so, so a lot of times that. i basically if i'm sending a deal to mike it's gonna be basically my 100 percent offer or there's so far there's so little wiggle room and Mike's probably going to send me back a counter that's so far from that that we have decided that the deal's not going to happen. But, Mike, I, there, there are times where I know my league mates, and I'm like, all right, I think this is the type of deal he's wanting, and I'm seeing that he's having or, or wants to make done. So it's maybe more for me like 80%, and I would go higher on that, but I'm not going to just give him that value, him or her, if I know like the way they play, they may be willing to take this 80%. So it kind of depends on who I'm sending true. the trade to. But by and large, I'm not, I rarely, very rarely, unless I'm making a point to you as a counterback, like I rarely send out a deal that's just egregious anymore. Right? Like,
1: I would say this, for me, most of the time, like if I'm sending you a deal, I kind of have a feeling of what you want. Um, But for me, there's a lot more, especially because you, you mentioned portfolio and just having so many leagues that... I'll hear something or we'll have a discussion or it might be a question on the AMA where I'm like, really? Like people, people really hate fucking Trey Lance as much. Like they despise Trey Lance as much. Like this is a question, Ryan Tannehill or Trey Lance or Jimmy G or Trey Lance where it gets my wheels turning. And from a portfolio standpoint, I'll just go right down the list of every single league. And I type in Trey Lance. and I, I'm like, do I got a, a Tannehill, a Jimmy G, a Sam Howe, like one of these guys in this range that I don't I think this is ludicrous. And I'll just spam offers all over the place and see if any of them get done. Most of the time it's you know, maybe five, ten percent hit. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But those are the kind of ones I'm sending out. If I'm actually sending like a team building deal, it's like I'm I'm coming correct right off the jump because I'm doing it for a purpose. I'm not just doing it to add some pieces to my portfolio or to do this. I'm doing it because I looked at the league. I may have looked at warp. I may have looked at a league simulator and I'm going, this is the direction I want to go. Maybe I want to unload these assets and try to get some more picks, or maybe I'm going for it and I want to try to get some more stuff to help build this contender up a little bit more right now that I'm comfortable with. So I'm, I'm not gonna say it's like hundred percent because there's always some wiggle room. Like the pieces may get countered or changed out, which are similar for me, but it's pretty damn close, man. I'm not coming and you know, like withholding one very crucial piece because I'm like, oh, I know the counter's coming. I just I just send you an offer, and if you don't like it, all right. I don't need the the I, I know people can you can gather information, right? You can gather information from people when they give you the explanation, but most of the time, it's the same sorry bullshit that I just, I I don't have time for, man. You wasted my fucking time by having to read it. Just hit accept or hit decline or send a counter that's reasonable and we'll just move on with our lives. I don't want to have a dialogue with you that's for the next, that's, the next that's 10 minutes about that's why all you those, don't want to do this trade.
0: That's all those leagues speaking right now, man. Mike's Mike's got the, uh, you know, that's what happens when you have, you're trying to send out offers in 30, 40 leagues like you're in, you know, <laughs> right. you, you don't, you don't that stuff isn't as valuable to you, but I still think it's actually really valuable. And I think sometimes Mike, you'll be surprised when you send out offers, right? Because for me, I might be sending out an offer. Let's say instead of saying a hundred, let's say it's like 80, 90%. Like, obviously if it's a deal, I really want to get done and it helps my roster construction. And we're using the warp tool and all the things that we're talking about. Like I want to get the deal done, but I'm not going to just, I probably add more to it. So I'm not going to say a hundred, but it's a very strong offer. Let's say, Close to my max. So obviously, I'll, I'll negotiate. But sometimes what will happen back is the structure of the deal encounters will change, right? And sometimes the structure mm-hmm. of it changing basically tells me, no, <laughs> like, we're not, I don't want to deal with you anymore. Uh, right. If this is the direction we're going, I'm good. But sometimes, Mike, you'll be surprised so that the structure of the deal may change to something you didn't think that would get to what you're trying to do. For yes. example, maybe they exactly. want some of these tight ends that you have. Maybe they would take a Cole commit maybe they'll take a you know rookie tight end a, a chig they'll take a you know <laughs> sam laporta whoever you want it to be maybe that's a piece still value and all of a sudden you weren't really inquiring or putting that into your offer because you didn't think it got you to the negotiating table of someone way higher but that that sometimes is where it's still valuable for me is just knowing that type of stuff even if a deal doesn't get done i see okay they're willing to take some of these tight ends. So if I get some of these tight ends and I have too many of them, this is a team I can go maybe pawn them off at. Like stuff like that I can I can find, you know?
1: One more thing before we get to the super chat, we'll move on and start getting questions is, Adam, I just, this is kind of like tongue in cheek too, but is there anything more infuriating in trade negotiations than, like you didn't even put the player on the block. <laughs> you just get a random DM like, what do you want for this player? And now you got to remember what fucking league you're in this with this guy or, or girl or whoever the hell it is. Like, what? Well, I don't even know what league I'm in with you. Mm-hmm. Or what league are you talking about? They're like, what do you want for this player? I don't know, man. You're the one who came to me. <laughs> Why don't you kick? Why do I got to do the fucking work for because, a that you want to trade? Because they
0: know. They know that we have a process, and they're tapped in, so they're. Aff- I think they're probably afraid to send stuff sometimes. Oh, I've, gotten, okay. I've gotten plenty of that, too. I, I'm, I'm guessing, by the way. Uh, you guys let me know in the comments if I'm way wrong Adam, on that.
1: Let's just say you and I have done a lot of deals back and forth together, and it, it's tough negotiation sometimes with us, but never once have I ever sent you a fucking DM being like, hey, what do you want for Tua? <laughs> like, I'm not going to make you do the work. Adam, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you an offer that I think maybe you want for Tua. Right, we'll see. And if you don't want it in this league, that's fine. I'll find another one. Maybe you do, but I'm never gonna ask somebody like, "Hey, what do you want for this guy?" Like, no, just send the offer. (laughs) The worst they're gonna do is say no. It's kind of like applying for a job. Like they don't throw you in jail if they decide not to hire you. Okay, (laughs) they just tell you no. (laughs) Like, no, you're not a good fit. We're good. We're going with somebody else.
0: Yeah, I mean, I never
1: understood that one.
0: I I don't mind it, man. I to me. I think one of the edges I have in playing and I could be wrong on this, but I think one of the edges I have on playing is figuring out people. And I think people's skills are big in in trading and understanding the way they get stuff done. I'll be honest, I'd rather you just come hit me with a deal and then I see a DM that has a has a deal as opposed to what do you want for this guy? I don't even know what league we're talking about here, right? Like I gotta right. I gotta ask a question to even answer the question. That that's what's difficult about it, right? Now we're talking thirty minutes before I even know <laughs> what we're okay. talking about right but like I, that's okay I'll, I'll play the game it's just you know knowing that that's their that's their tactic they don't want to they're probably not someone that's sending a bunch of offers in mass quantity right so you got to kind of play the finesse game with a person like that versus hey boom offer you want to take it they're going to think about it send you a dm back like you, you kind of get to know different people you play with that way it, right. again it's harder to keep it uh, compartmentalized and noted when you're playing with, you know, hundreds of people, but it, it's still for me an edge I think I can play up. So I don't, I don't mind it. It's just, yeah, I, yeah. I now know that this isn't going to be the, uh, the old, you know, back and forth counter until we get a deal done d- type stuff.
1: <laughs> Fly me what said the chat. Best is getting the screenshot of the trade. They're thinking. Of. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> I,
0: I will <laughs> say, you, you know what? I'm going to, uh, AB we'll get to your super chat by the way, but yeah, we got to I'll put it up later, but that that one to me, like, and I'll see that in the dis in our Discord or in other Discord. It's like, why are we screenshotting the proposal? Who cares? Just just send it, just send it. That's the whole thumbnail. Start a trade proposal. Send the damn thing. Don't send a screenshot of would you take this, and then we can negotiate down if you tell me yes. Like, no. Um, <laughs> right. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, AB says any thoughts on integrating spike week consistency weeks into the warp tool? He also said later he messed up the super chat with no message, but just wanted to say the website is dope and the content growth in the last year is crazy. Love watching the shows. AB truly appreciate that, man. Honestly, um, appreciate the super chat. Appreciate the love. So the question beforehand, any thoughts on integrating spike week consistency weeks into the warp tool? No, because they're, they're separate products. And honestly, like they're like warp warp has a ton of stuff for you. Um, and they, it'll speak to best ball, but like to integrate it into the warp tool. No, they're, 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 they're separate things for me personally, but I don't know. What do you think, Mike?
1: Yeah. I mean, it would be kind of cool if it was an extra overlay. I don't know how you'd integrate it in, but having more data on one screen probably ain't the worst unless it gets too cluttered. Cause I've also thought about, is there a way to kind of use warp with current ADP? <laughs> so you can oh, yeah. kind of get an idea, right? They're not a one-for-one. One. Yeah, right. This is the biggest thing about warp is we haven't figured out a way yet. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm just pointing out the fact yet to use it as a predictive thing. Right now, it's more of a, an overall guide, which is, is is not bad at all because most tools that we use are an overall guide, right? If we all knew the outcomes of these players, like it was that predictive, We'd win every single fucking league that we play in, and most of us wouldn't be here. We'd on be on a beach somewhere with all our winnings, right? Like, but, but there'd that's... be no need need for for fantasy analysts because it'd be like, yeah, we got this tool that tells me who's going to be QB one this year. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that
0: that th- that's the thing though. Like, a- any tool you have of any sort, right, is not going to be a time machine. Like, you can't say. Oh, this player got injured. This player's situation went bad. Maybe even this wide receiver was balling, but the quarterback got hurt. He didn't even get hurt, right. but now his his points per game cut. We don't have a crystal ball. Like it, we're never going to have a crystal ball. We can't see the future. So, like the predictive part is true, but it's also like what what do we know for certain next year? We think yeah. we know a lot of things. But we don't like that's that's what makes it fun, honestly. If you took that part out, it wouldn't be fun. Like no, knowing 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 all that ahead of time would not make fantasy fun and make it worse. But um, the the thing for me is, do is it predictive? No, but um, the point you made about market, Mike, uh, I am want to go ahead and give it a shout out here. Scott and I are going to be working on a um, a new series, mini series called Dynasty Mind Warped, and. It's going to be about applying Warp to all the different type of leagues, the intro of Warp, the whole thing, how to utilize it, and how to utilize it in different teams. And then also there's going to be a whole segment on how to utilize Warp in your league now that you've figured it out with the market value. Because honestly, Mike, what you hit on there, we just talked about that on the trade show we just recorded before here. That That's one of the biggest edges, I think. When you see the Warp data and you can find things in your league that Warp tells you year over year, these players are are more highly valued in warp than they would be in standard leagues. And the market is going to say that, you know, Brandon Ayuk is not as valuable as a quarterback like Kenny Pickett, but in this league, Kenny Pickett, if he hits his ceiling, we all hope, is maybe Brandon Ayuk in warp, right? When you see stuff like that, that's where you can play up the market. And I think that's one of the biggest things for me is trying to figure out and illustrate how you can utilize this data, which isn't predictive of the future, but shows you skill groups and how they compare to other things and utilizing warp in market is huge, I think.
1: I think there's still a need for two separate ones, right? Like it'll never be one number. There's there's no there's no need for it. And Sky kinda of talked about it here too, right, in his comment. You're getting hundred percent of the warp in baseball. ball. Well, I'm not going to say 100% because you're going to have some guys who, you know, the warp is is in the free agent pool and wasn't on a fucking roster, right? (laughs) Theoretically. Um, But you're going to capture most of it, 99%, let's say, whatever. Um, The the, the warp gives me the average, right? The warp is giving me the average. And I can search on a per-game basis. And Koopa has a great job built into the tool where it's not – Factoring in games that they actually didn't suit up, they were on the injury report, so it doesn't it doesn't count against them. It's not like they got a zero. Now, if they played a couple snaps and then you know got hurt and missed, you're still fucked. Like it's still bad. The spike week consistency data is great for me if I want to zoom in on, like, say, I got two players that are .7 warp average, right for the for the in, the entire year. I wanted to zoom in and figure out which one is you know, and I, and I think the range of outcomes this year is the exact same. Like, let me give it like a Jerry Judy, Michael Pittman, Jr. Same kind of dynasty value. I fancy him in the same kind of range of wide receivers. I see the same range of outcomes on where they could finish the year. They're given basically the same kind of warp, but I wanted to zoom in and I go for best ball, which one of these guys is doing it on a more consistent basis and is more consistently going to make my lineup. That is usually the guy I'm going to go to like, The warp will tell me that, yes, they're very similar, but I can look at it and go, well, Michael Pittman Jr., this is just an example. These aren't the actual numbers, but Michael Pittman Jr. is only up there in warp because he had three weeks where he was a top five wide receiver, and the rest of the year he didn't do shit. But Jerry Judy was a top 24 wide receiver seven times. He didn't spike, but seven times he was in my lineup, and he was an advantage over somebody else that I'm facing head-to-head. So that's where you zoom in a little bit farther and you can kind of still separate the two. That's why I think I still like both tools as like they're each individual. Now, I wouldn't be opposed to having something where I could like hover over, see the ADP, see the warp and see the spike week and consistency data. And then I'm able to process it all in one page and I don't have to have six tabs open, you know, to go back and forth between stuff. But that is you know the current situation i have so as far as like integrating it'll it never be one number but it could be something where you could navigate it from the same basically the same the same system you know what i'm saying
0: yeah no no and that's something that we're working on building out and over time we'll transition stuff from the patreon and the discord and just google sheets to the website and have integration of different tools where you can try to use things um you know, in in, right. in a in a in a easier click in the button, how they uh, compare to the other one. I'm with you though. Spike week and consi- uh, spike weeks and consistency weeks, though, for me, not that it doesn't mean anything in, in lineup, but it's very, it's a lot more uh, best ball minded for me when I look at those than it is necessarily right. in lineup. I, I I like seeing that for best ball purposes because I want to roster construct my team with guys that have a real shot at spiking. And then also backfill with guys that are consistent, right? I like to have a, a combination of the two there. Warp doesn't necessarily change that for me how I want to roster the spike weeks and consistent guys for best ball teams. So um, yeah, I think I think uh, I appreciate that. And by the way, T. Sandifer 08 picked up the Warp tool in South Harmon. Very nice tool. Appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, this, NFL, this MFL is, just this, came out. We gotta give we gotta give Cooper a shout out to. By the way, MFL right. is now available. For all of you guys that play in these crazy, ridiculous leagues that have outrageous scoring, that you don't mind seeing the bad, um, terrible, you know, screenshots of trades for, um, we have it now. We have it, and you can plug it in, see all the leagues on MFL. So big, big, big shout out to Koopa for that, man.
1: Right. This is going to be the interesting thing when you and Scott do this Warp series, right? There is so much to talk about. So much. That's why it's uh, like a mini-series. It's series nuts, man. It's nuts. A mini-novel or whatever you want
0: to It's basically it. a book on tape, we'll call it, you know, right? Like a book on tape, oh, right. Go on back in the day. I mean, I like but the it. thing is, like, there's, there's some leagues, Mike, and MFL has the ability to really customize scoring a lot. That's one yes. of the things MFL does have way over sleeper. I'll just tell you, Mike, there are some mfl scoring settings that i've seen that the warp shows and you're like what in the world am i looking (laughs) at now most people probably aren't playing a lot of leagues like that but you know there's going to be some of those wacky scoring and really unconventional scoring and warp kind of shows that and then how do you really look at that and what do you do with it
1: yeah i I saw a question in there too like could you use warp for redraft leagues? absolutely a thousand percent That's probably mostly what you're going to look at it for. If you think about Dynasty with Warp, all right, like, like Kyle Pitts is a good example. I'm kind of just slotting Kyle Pitts into the fact that he, like, I hope he's like a top six, top seven tight end mm-hmm. like this year. Like, I hope that's the outcome. In a redraft, I don't have as much interest in him because I look at it and I go, if that's the range of outcomes, he just kind of falls into the range where I don't give a shit. But in Dynasty, I give a shit a lot. In Dynasty, because he carries that market value. Not right, because of right. production, but because of youth. So you factor in all the youth into Dynasty. Warp warp is a little bit less. I will say I use more warp for trying to build contenders, which is the redraft mindset in Dynasty, than I do anything else. I'm not really looking at it for, for long-term Dynasty production outside of the fact of the separation of skills, like skill players. If I'm not competing... I don't care how good the warp is for running backs, like I'm not taking them because people don't right. like running backs, right? I'm like that's not how I'm just. Disc- if that isn't my goal to compete in 2023 in a startup, I'm not going to take running backs, even though they may be very high on warp. I don't because because
0: because because when you're rebuilding, it's a lot more about market than it is about right. points, right?
1: The the only thing I really look at for the long term for dynasty is the separation between quarterbacks and the rest of the skill players. Like how Correct. big of an advantage. Like startup is going to be probably the cheapest time I'm ever going to be able to get two elite quarterbacks. How big of the advantage is it worth it for me to mortgage a lot to go get these guys? And it may not even be for competing. It may be just for long-term success because I know I'm going to get kicked in the teeth when I come asking for one later when I'm ready to compete. So might as well get it out of the way now. But yeah, redraft. Uh, you know, the underdog leagues. uh, I talked about it with Ike and Gene on their podcast when we did the NFC East, like threw in some warp numbers on some of the players we were talking about. Hey, you should use it for there. If you have a reasonable outcome or prediction of where you think a player is going to finish, just kind of plug it in. It's not a one-for-one replacement. Like RB16 isn't going to be RB16 next year. It isn't going to tell you that, but it'll tell you the range of where they're going to finish relative to the scoring of that league. And, you can get an idea of what i should be drafting so redraft it's it's actually a massive tool that you should definitely be implementing because you don't have any of the value the value that comes into it no one gives a, a shit percent. about value in redraft right you're just getting trying to get the best team on the field you only you care about value
0: during the during your actual draft probably and you're trying to get the best value on your team right. but after that it all goes out the window you draft someone in the first round and they get hurt they go to the waiver wire and nobody else wants them in redraft. That's the way it works. Like right, they're out for the season. No, it's cares. it's done. It's done. Right, like nobody cares. That that's the whole point. That's where warp really actually. I, I think it really can be awesome for dynasty. I think dynasty, we're gonna see how much this tool can change the way we do yes. things. But in redraft, if there's a see the only thing in some of those redraft leagues that are very vanilla is the warp makes a lot of sense. You know, like. If you're playing in, like, a lineup start nine and we're only keeping – there's only a bench of 15, like, that's where, you know, it. we all know that. Like, the warp isn't that different across a standard league like that. But if you're playing in any type of different scoring setting, different lineup, different starters, even in redraft, it's a huge advantage because you'll see in different leagues you may have biases that are not what warp is showing you to do. So 1,000% uh, it can be used for redraft. Um, yep. All right. So let's get into some we got a bunch of questions, man. They're coming in hot and heavy. Fourteen team, uh super flex start eleven, Mike. So any suggestions on how to approach running back? Three running backs and three receivers with two flex. It's a best ball league. Ooh, this is this is this is our question, man. I prioritize quarterback and elite and three starters in the startup, plus pits, but I'm lacking running back heavily. Okay. So Texan Wolverine, I'll say this first and foremost. You don't have to have them July 4th. But yes. you do, September, want to get at least enough bodies so that you're not accumulating a lot of zeros there. Like that That's one of the easiest ways, I think, in best ball to be SOL early is if you don't have enough running back shots, because in flex especially that can help out, you may be out. You could actually have a pretty decent roster build, but if you have like... If you're saying you're lacking running backs heavily, you don't have any, you may you may be in trouble before you get the chance to go find the cheap ones.
1: Right. It's a, one of those things like, shout out to Warp, this is somewhere you can plug it in and you can see how big of an advantage it is to have the wide receivers or the running backs. While people may hate running backs, you come to find out, and I've found out in quite a few of these startups that I've done, some of these leagues I'm looking at, damn, like the Warp on these running backs, even though they're they're dead, everybody hates them they're a massive advantage over having some of these wide receivers. And then I think about the best ball leagues mm-hmm. and how we talked about where there's so few running backs that I trust to be on my roster in a best ball league because most of the spike weeks, the consistency weeks, most of the warp is coming from the same group of guys over and over and over again, the ones that you can count on week in and week out.
0: Yep.
1: And I look at the wide receivers and the pool is so massive where I go, yeah, I'll find a, a Russell Gage. I'll find a, you know K.J. Osborne who's going to give me weeks, I'll find a DJ Chark, like those kind of guys. I can plug multiple guys on my roster who are still going to keep me above water compared to else. It's hard, but like Adam, like you said, you don't need to worry about it so much in July, but you do need to have a mindset, how am I acquiring these, especially if your goal is to compete. Your goal is to compete this year? You're going to need the running backs. You're not going to get by with Naheem Hines and Brian Robinson and like Ty Chandlers and you know, the you know, what Scott talked about when we did the uh the the roster construction series on best ball, right? Any RB on fifty three need say that. not apply to best ball leagues. Like need not to apply. Those are zeros. Like the Scott just did a fantastic pod where he ran through all the running backs of interest. Over 120 and tell- man. And Ooh. I'm telling you, with a guy that me who plays in a majority of, of best ball leagues now, like I, I paid attention for my lineup leagues. But in the back of my mind, I'm going like, yeah, that fuck never roster that guy in the best ball. Well, game. no, never.
0: but <laughs> the one thing that I was thinking along is each team realistic scenarios early for workload because right. what I, what I also am trying to do, Mike, is in if I do have these guys and there's actual somewhat of a market for them, that's someone I want to trade away in best ball because the, there may not be a real workload for. 10 weeks, and then what? Right. You got a zero. I don't want to roster too many of the zeros. Uh, so Texan Wolverine to this point, right? You're, you're, you're asking suggestions how to approach it. And I I think the roster construction series, Mike alluded to, is, is a great thing to go back and listen to if you haven't already. Uh, Mike Scott and I were on for the whole thing. I, it was one of my favorite uh, series to record, frankly. But when you get to 14-team, right? So what does that do? It, it stretches the player pool further which means there's less of each, each position. So when you think about it, right, Mike, like we set the what, – what did we set it at, at the, for the roster construction? It was like right around 40-something, right?
1: Yeah, give or take like 40, 42 if I remember right. It's right around there where it's like after those running backs, I don't really give a shit about a lot of them.
0: Right, so like you're talking about if you don't have many, it's, it's spread across, and if everyone thinks they're going to contend – it's going to be harder to pluck like running backs away. So there's a couple ways you can approach this, but the point I wanted to make is that there's there's only so many without injuries, which you don't want to roster people, too too many people on best ball uh, rosters and benches that are waiting for injury because you don't want to have guys that are just going out there and giving you nothing week in and week out and waiting for an opportunity. You can have some of them, but you don't want to have more. Like if you, if we have, a, a let's say, a 35 bench, you don't want to have more than like five or six of those as – opportune waiting people because you're going to just be completely eroding opportunity for people to go right. into your lineup. Right? So my point is with this, if we have 40 something running backs, you're going to have a hard time just going out and buying them in the market because they're spread across 14 teams. Now, what I will say is it's not, so you got these quarterbacks, so you got an elite one and three starters mm-hmm. and you have pits. I don't know. You haven't mentioned anything about your wide receiver room, One of the easiest things I think to do right now in market is if you have some pretty damn good market-valued wide receivers, you can trade those away and get back either a down-tier at receiver and pick up running back talent in the way back, or you can just trade that position away to someone that does have running back depth. It may not feel the sexiest, but in best ball, you can replace the receiver position so much easier, right? Like, you can patch together guys like you know greg dorch rondell moore you know uh dpj Cortland sutton you can you can patch those types together cheap at the bottom of your bench that have you multiple chances to come in and out of your week consistency wise so i think realistically you got to try to figure out a way to trade away some of the quarterbacks trade away some wide receivers and package back depth on your side at running back we
1: definitely don't have to go for, like, the superstar running backs either. Like, There's no. a lot of running backs that follow in the range that I care about, especially for best ball, yep. that you can get, and they don't cost a ton, right? Like, the prices aren't going to be that crazy, right? Like, Miles Sanders or David Montgomery. Um, I talk shit about Khalil Herbert. Zach's going to love the fact that I'll put him on this list, right? Like, Khalil Herbert, Jamal Williams, Zeke, Leonard Fournette, like, these kind of guys, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon. These are turds that people don't really Proud like. Proud owner they, of Khalil
0: Herbert and the Heroes versus Villains for $21, <laughs> 2.1% of budget, you know.
1: <laughs> Antonio Gibson, who I'll still defend to this day. Like, this is the range of running backs where you can go out and you can try to buy these guys, get them thrown in onto deals. But it's just a process of acquiring these assets. You really don't have to worry about it now. But if your goal is to compete in 23, you're going to need these dudes on your roster come September. right? You don't need them in July, but you need to have a plan on like how I can start to – Get the assets because if you go into it with, you know, I'll go down. I'm going the the zero RB strat. I got some Kenneth Gainwell and some, uh, you know, Zach Evans and James Robinson and Sean Tucker's and Kenny McIntosh and shit. I like the profile of of I don't know Travis Die right Zonovan Knight like these kind. You're gonna be sorely sorely mistaken on the uh, the chances of competing in a start three running back best ball league lineup you can get by with those guys you can you can build a super competitor and just buy spot starts here and there as you need for third round picks and, and cheap fill-ins because you know they're going to play not in best ball though people are going to kick you right in the teeth
0: yeah you don't you don't like the uh you know the jordan mason types and best ball man
1: not hard pass man no thank you Zero, unless I got like thirty-five to forty roster spots, right? The you know like 15 e- spots where I can just churn and burn. I don't really care. Even then, wire sucks.
0: Yeah, and even then, you you know you you want to ha- you're going to have to start the year off with a bunch of five, ten spots that are right hoping and praying. But every week there will be people that come available. To the waiver wire that you probably don't care about in lineup that you will in best ball, and you want to be able to get rid of those guys for them.
1: And and most of those are going to be wide receivers. Most of them are. You think about the 14-team Royal Rumble League that we're in, Adam, like the waiver wires on there suck. They're absolutely disgusting and horrible.
0: but Damn, And we only, only we- had 25 roster spots per person.
1: I know. I know. And I rostered a lot of shitty running backs. Not that I want to. It's just you look at the waiver wire where we are right now in July versus September – I'm going to drop most of these dudes for the random wide receiver who's going to be the wide receiver three on the team for that week because that guy can catch one long touchdown pass and all of a sudden he's making a lineup. So big difference. Uh, I don't do it for the four-string running back (laughs) who probably won't even be active on game day.
0: Yep. Um, All right, Mike. So is there any particular way you approach trading up for a player in a draft? Any productive way to approach et cetera? Well, Jacob, I think the, the biggest and easiest one that we talk about a lot Now, make sure you check warp before you do it because there are some times where um, I see a super chat we'll get to that maybe you don't necessarily want to trade up for some player if it costs too much. But typically in most leagues, if you can secure two of the top 12 quarterbacks, um, it's going to be worth it in a startup because like you're going to end up unless you just trade away the farm like completely overpay it, it's worth it and you can find a way to get it back at skilled players so if i'm trading up for a high-end quarterback mike's talked about this quite a bit uh when he finishes the uh the startup series that um you know we started a while ago you know
1: i'm on the clock now like i have to right? Yes, yeah.
0: i mean we're, we're we're getting out it's almost startup season will be over you know um but uh You know, if you can, Mike, go ahead. I'll let you talk about, like, you're in in the startup series, what you talked about trading up. If you can get rid of two and three uh, every time you do that, right?
1: Yeah, I I think this has been my biggest progression um, so far in Dynasty is the fact that there's very few assets I'm willing to trade up for anymore. You remember when we first started out, it was like, I can't believe that this running back slipped to this round, or I can't believe this wide receiver slipped to this round. And we used to trade up aggressively for those kind of guys. Like, oh, I'm going to hammer the shit out of this. This is a round below ADP. Easy. You guys are tripping, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't do that shit anymore. I'll trade up for top eight quarterbacks. Or let me say this. Like, like top... Top 13, 14, 15 quarterbacks if that back half like falls way too far. Like and yeah. I'm talking like they got a fourth in the round. third round. Yeah. Third, fourth round. Like, what are you guys doing, man?
0: Like, Tyler, Stroud these, right? types, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep.
1: Like those types, yes. Um, and I will trade up for probably what, two assets I can think of off the top of my head, and that's Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase at wide receiver if somebody was gonna be stupid and let those guys fall to the second round. You know what yep. I mean? Yep, like Just because I know the market on them. But those are the only ones I feel safe about. I'm not doing it for for anybody else. I'm not doing it for – I'm a Kenneth Walker believer. I can't believe he's around in the the sixth round. If he's around in the sixth round, obviously the rest of my league doesn't fucking value him. He's a running back. He's a dangerous asset. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it for that wide receiver two or that wide receiver three that I love anymore because most times you get bit in the ass. And this is what – Scott has talked about a lot with leverage trades, and something you've kind of embraced it. Like if I'm trading up, I don't have the leverage. The guy trading down is the one who's getting the leverage. He's making the bet on whatever the hell he gets from me. Say I'm trading up in the fourth round and I got to send my fifth rounder and I got to send, I don't know, a a 24 second, right? Let's not even get crazy. I got to send a 24 second as a grease piece because I think I know better than you. I'm making the bet on one player. He's making the bet on a similar player who has the same range of outcomes as that guy. Plus he gets a free second round pick, right? He only has to hit on one of those things to be right. I got to hit. I like, I, I get one shot. He gets two. So I'm not really into it anymore outside of the leverage pieces like the chase, the Jeffersons, the top eight quarterbacks, or one of those, you know, top 13, 14, 15 quarterbacks if they were to fall too far. So yeah, trading up strategy anymore, I'm I'm really not into it. And I would just – I'll fucking let – it hurts me. It hurts me like if Saquon fell to the fifth round. Like it would hurt my soul, but I'm not doing it <laughs> unless the price is just so stupid. Really?
0: Like, you wouldn't send the fir- uh, 24 first now for uh, Saquon anymore?
1: Uh, I'm good, man.
0: All right. I'm, good. I'm Well, damn I'm it, good. man. That's, that's growth. That – you know, look at that. That is a face – that doesn't like to answer that question that way, but that is growth. If you understood, startup, if you knew no. Mike the way I knew Mike, you would know the stubbornness and the growth of that, that took. That's, yeah, that's big.
1: Yeah, I'm good. I'll pass. I'll keep my 24 first. You can, you can make the bet on Saquon coming out of a startup. Good luck fair, to
0: you. Fair enough. Uh, T Sandiford, 08. sorry, man, I, I missed this question. I had it start, and I don't know how I missed it. So I, I wanted to make sure I got back to it. Um, by the way, Corey, I know your super chats there, but this one was sitting there for a minute. So, in shallow best ball leagues, 12 team, 25 man rosters or less. Okay. Um, 1.5 tight end premium. Would you prefer to roster a limited amount of tight ends and risk getting a zero or roster more tight ends and reduce the other positions? The one thing I will say T. Sandiford 08 for this question specifically, if we're going to do this, I I do actually too want to know how many starters we're talking about because it does change it a little bit for me. Um, given that it's a 1.5 tight end premium, it's not, like, that's that's below the threshold of, like, significantly mattering. But if we're starting nine players, like, I don't really want to throw in a zero at tight end as much. If we're starting 12, let's say, mm-hmm. a lot more willing to say this, I can forego this position and just stream even the grossest of gross, however I have to.
1: Man. Man, oh man,
0: it's a great question, though, by the way. That's why I wanted to make sure I got to it.
1: <clears throat> I don't, I'm not as comfortable going super gross, right? Adam, like in a lot of these startups, these best balls, I've gone
0: start 11, Mike. Perfect. That's actually like right in the middle, sweet spot.
1: Like, I've gone super disgustingly gross. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like, super where it's like Dawson Knox is my tight end one. And it just gets worse from there. <laughs> like, that, that bad. But I got the roster spots to do it. I'll throw eight, nine. 10 tight ends if I have to at the position just to try to find enough guys to do it. I probably still go gross. I'm not going to invest heavily in in the good ones. And I don't want to use too many roster spots in like a 25 man roster, start 11 like this. So I'm probably, like, I'm going to say I'm going to start pulling the trigger on tight ends and start up. If you think about a snake draft, probably in like round nine, 10, 11, somewhere in there. And I want to get three, maybe four of those guys on the back end to fill. And I know, like, if I get this group of tight end, let's say 12 to 20, if I can get three or four of those guys, that's all I'm going to get at the position. And then as I counter injuries or guys that are droppable, if, if I see somebody on waivers, I'll go ahead and pick them up if I need to. But generally, I just want to allocate less than, you know, what is that, a fifth of your roster, your total roster size of the tight end, and I'll just move on. But they don't have to be super elite guys. Like I'm just trying to get some guys that I know are gonna have like if I look at the that range of guys for last year for uh spike weeks and consistency weeks. I mean you're probably looking at guys who got like three, four, five, three, 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 three. Like, and I'm just trying to string together some ones. I'm gonna have some weeks where I don't have anybody who's above average or gave me a spike week, but I'm not gonna have flat out zeros because not a lot of guys here are, you know, like tight end 50 on the week or tight end 48 on the week, right? They're all in the 19, 18, 17 range. Not enough to matter, but not enough where I got to spend a shit ton of roster spots and and put my efforts elsewhere.
0: Yeah. So um I, I think uh, T. Sanford, I think he put somewhere in there that the roster construction says like right around four. And, and I think I wanted to talk about this spot um and the reason that the roster construction says that basically the warp and um for the other players and probably receiver is going to end up being like flat if that makes sense like it's going to be to the point where you the reason that it's telling you to roster four is because you're going to have a better chance of having the tight end spot go higher but then on top of that Like, there's some of those times, Mike, where even in 1.5, it seems gross, but you're going to end up in best ball flexing a Gerald Everett or something, right? Because if you have four or five of those top 20-ish guys, like, there's going to be weeks, even if you have a good wide receiver room, where five or six of them do nothing. And that's where where I think the tight end room in best ball, just throwing a bunch of shit at the wall, you know, South Harmon-like, that's right. that is that is very actually it, it makes a lot more sense in best ball. And I think in lineup and best ball, it's, it's very different at the tight end position. So if you if you talked about this in lineup, right, you'd rather almost just have one of the top five guys. And then if they get hurt or something happens, you just you, you plug in a, you know, zero warp or a low end warp guy in and just know that you have a hole there and the rest of your team's really good versus having four or five people to pick from every week in lineup it would make no sense. So it's, it's very different yeah. in best ball in lineup in the format of this for tight end, in my opinion.
1: Just so just looking at, like, some some game logs on one-and-a-half tight end, like tight end premium like this, like in what some guys were scored. Like 15, 14, 7, 19, 4, 19, 11, 9, 19. Uh, you know, like Jamar Chase in a PPR league is scoring 20 points per game. Like <laughs> – you can't tell me that if a tight end in a 1.5 scores 19 points, that ain't making your lineup in plus advantage. Like, that's a spike week. That's a guy who, right. hey, ta-da, made your lineup. And some of these, like, 14s, 13s, like double digits, like those are going to make your flex spots occasionally. Right? And it's yep. a little bit easier than 1.5. It ain't the end-all, be-all. But I think three to four, three to four of those guys, I'll probably go with four and get a little bit crustier. Um, but, you know, three ain't bad either.
0: But it, it, if a bit the, nicer. The, the main thing to think about, too, um, is an approach to the tight end position in best ball. So last year, right? And, and Mike, uh, I'll let you, because you, you, you put the sheet together, the actual parameters. So what is a spike week and what is a consistency for a tight end?
1: Right. Like for the, for the tight ends, just because of the position, it's so flat from... You know, after the elite group of tight ends, usually at scoring, it's just so gross. This is something I'm going to have to sit down and look at again. But originally, when we put this together, like, you want a spike week at the tight end position, you got to be top three. Or top
0: three, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought it was, top three. And then what was the average? Was it 12? What was it? Eight. Eight. eight okay. Or oh, that's right. Three and eight. Okay. And, and so, like, to give context to this question, uh, Corey, I know you super chatted, but I, I want to get to this because it's. It, I think this is one of the keys in best ball. If you think about this, and you look at the the spike and consistency chart, okay. So what you're looking at, there were 30, count them, 30 tight ends that had a spike week last year.
1: That's a shit ton.
0: That's crazy, man. That because <laughs> because it's top three for the week.
1: Right. Like 30 different t- tight ends were top Mo Ali Cox,
0: Trey McBride, Jelani Woods, Kate Atten, uh, Greg Dolchess, Chig, Gusecki. Jordan Atkins. I mean, Mike, you're talking about if they're a body out there because of how the tight end position works, right. if they're just going to get a touchdown and happen to get four catches and 40 yards, there's a chance that could be a top three week, right? And
1: <laughs> Fucking Josh Oliver's got a spike week. <laughs> Josh Oliver, man. Come on.
0: And 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 what you will see, though, when you look at the back end of it, right, there's only so many that have consistency weeks. Right, yes. the difference when you look at the spike weeks, right, which is like thirty. When you look at the consistency weeks, there's like forty. Which means there's only so many bodies. So the point is what I'm making here. It's a long-winded way of saying you're not going to typically find in a dynasty best ball league on waivers, even in twenty-five man rosters. Oh, this is this is a guy that's gonna be you know he's getting sixty, seventy percent of snaps, and he's gonna have real chance to make your lineups in in on the waiver wire. What you will find on the waiver wire are some people that can make your lineups at other skill, uh, other skill spots.
1: You had one guy last year, right, from a spike week consistency week standpoint who was it was in the territory where you found him on the waiver wires and was a plus for you, Give that it that was Jawan Johnson. Jawan Johnson, Juwan John- man.
0: Well, Jawan Johnson was also two spikes and five consistent. So there you go, the gem. There was the gem. There you had it.
1: That was it. That was the only one you had. Everybody else drafted on a roster not waiver wire fodder. so a little man, bit tougher
0: man talking all this work gets me kind of fired up um i love it Corey. Corey, we'll finally ha- get to happy fourth boys little late it's but i cool. hope everyone's is here pouring up you already know we're pouring up of course since you're late uh pouring up's a lot easier now the bar's right there um he played 18 at noon uh, you don't know how jealous i am to hear that i played once this year because uh one of my coworkers retired and he's been drinking ever since so cheers to that buddy um appreciate you hopping in solid 90 on a par 73 not terrible not great nice that's nice. uh you know that's 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 par for the uh the shithead way right i don't know
1: what i'd shoot 160 how, right? how many
0: how many the question is how many do we count i think is the uh the answer <laughs> to the question
1: how many mulligans do i get how yeah. many beers would i drink that's probably the better
0: you heard I about the ch- g- Have you heard of the chelligan
1: let's go i'm good i'll chug it so the chulligan
0: is like all right you hit a bad tee shot this is some new thing i saw out there you hit a bad tee shot and it's like all right you got to chug a beer and then you get a mulligan
1: i love it i'm in i like it i'll probably shoot i'll shoot really well i'll shoot
0: really well there you go don't tell anyone but going to have to use warp tool for sfb 13 scott connor won't won't stop talking about the tool trades in 5dd etc etc looking forward to checking out the tool this week uh Let's yeah go. you should do it um i think listen it, i would
1: be i'd be absolutely over the moon if somebody used the warp tool and then win scott fishbowl like what better marketing could you get for, for warp tool than you, don't. you know take it down scott fishbowl
0: you don't that's it that's that's the <laughs> uh it. that's the peak like, right
1: like, I figured it out. Warp told me these were the positions to, w- to worry about in this league with this scoring in this Here we go.
0: This is another great question. Where did this growth come from? Inspired by creators you're close with, just history of getting hurt by bad startup moves. What caused the change? You know, McGun- McGundley, I don't even know how to say this, but I'm excited that this question is being asked to Mike because this is a, you know, a <laughs> deep dive one. Like, let's look inner on Mike. What, how did this happen?
1: A lot of things. I mean, we've been in the space longer now. Uh, We've encountered more and more people on a personal level. um, You know, made friendships, but we have more time to just. This has become more than just a more than just a hobby. Let's say when we started out, it was kind of a joke, and we we started this out kind of. It was a joke. We started out just because we hated texting each other, and as we've gotten more into it, and more people have supported us for. Listen, I'm I'm completely upfront and saying I have no idea why anybody's here, <laughs> why 70 plus people tuning in on Fourth of July night. It's because of look at, to look to look at my ugly face and listen to my dumbass talk. But uh, we appreciate the shit out of it. But it has been the growth in the space and being around a lot of smart people, right? So creators, yes, creators I'm close with. But yes, a big part of it, Adam, is is trial and error. When when those best ball leagues first came out on Sleeper. There were there were best ball dynasty leagues, but I had to play on, like, FFPC, and I refused to do MFL. Like, i I, not a fan of MFL because I think it's ancient. Uh, I feel like I'm playing Oregon Trail and fantasy football at the same time, and it's not something I really wanted to do. But, but, like, when they first came out and you and I really started getting into best ball dynasty leagues, like, we go back and look at some of those teams now, Adam, they're horrendous. Like, what were we doing? We put ourselves in such a massive hole. You get your teeth kicked in, and you go. This this wasn't the way to go about it, right? This wasn't the way. Like I had a team. It's been a running joke. Clean up on aisle follow. five.
0: Clean up on aisle five.
1: If you followed the show long enough, you know I did a startup where I went zero wide receiver in a best bowling. league. Zero. Yeah. Do y'all, y'all want to know? Do y'all, y'all want to know?
0: Do y'all want to know the first receiver?
1: <laughs> Shout out. To well, Larry. actually,
0: now he's the he's the first receiver supposedly, based on beat reports, yeah. for up. the the best Stop quarterback it. in football. If that matter. doesn't help um, people no. guess it, I don't know what will. The
1: first wide receiver I took in the draft two years ago was was Kadarius Toney. And that didn't work Ninth out. round, right? Right. Tenth round. Tenth round. There we go. I waited even longer. But, yeah, so history of getting hurt, um, you know, figuring things out as you go. That's kind of the thing. As we get smarter and we kind of just figure out your process, right, and, and adjust and tweak your process. The biggest thing I can say for, for a lot of people is, some people are resistant to change, and they don't want to change their ways. It worked like this in the past, and this is how I'm always going to do it. That's fine if you want to do it, but that's not something like my end goal is to make money. My end goal is to kick your teeth in in the leagues we play in, and I always have the bragging rights. Oh
0: man, bro, we have a super chat. Wrestled. See, we have a super chat that's. Uh, damn it, he, he kind of beats my thunder, but I'm going to oh, get it out anyway. So here's the thing, right? It's no different. Like I got, I have a, you know young girl at home mike mike has raised three right and there's this old adage of you know don't touch the stove because it's going to burn you but here's the thing they're all going to touch the stove until they feel that it burns them right right there's no way they're going to do it just because you tell them they don't believe you they just see it they they just see it they don't know they've got to get burnt and here's the thing that was what I wanted to say. And Scott came in with the super chat. And uh, Trey Lance is the player who still makes Mike <laughs> revert back to his childlike state. Damn it, man. He's still willing to go back to the stove for Trey Lance. I love it. Um, I, I will I will say I'm still sick about the fact that I was busy. I was literally tied up in meetings. I, I'm, I work in sales. And sometimes you just get brought into meetings. Like, you know, unbeknownst. You're just in a meeting. And next thing you know, you're in there for three hours. And I look. And Trey Lance actually went for four dollars and i was like i know he's probably uh, an furious. asset that people are very not in on but i was very furious like 0.4 percent of budget too. i i was i was i couldn't i couldn't it's still the most upset i've been on any single player in this whole thing uh, by the way it was it was not to mention it was a patron of ours indy's finest so make it worse
1: i will still fight people on this i will
0: so you want to go back to all right let's hear it let's put the fingers on the stove what do we got
1: but we had ray on like i agree with what ray is saying but at this point the the cost like you (laughs) what are you gonna do right like you want me to go like yeah i'll sell trey lance for a third i'm just gonna get out now i'll sell him for a second i'm gonna sell him for fucking jimmy g who is horrible who's a terrible quarterback like you want me to do that now no what about i'm good I'm riding him right into the fucking ground, Adam. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ride him right into the ground.
0: And it's basically so Mike's saying it, he's been burnt, but he's going to essentially keep his finger on the stove until there's no feeling left in it, right? Like it's just it's going to be right. numb.
1: I'm burning this thing off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cauterizing come the moon as it happens. Come on. Listen, like there's I I seen Can some you give it to us real
0: your... though? Don't like come yes. on. Yes. All right. I've
1: seen some. I've seen some things on Twitter, and like my biggest pushback has always been, people act like this is just another situation. This is Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch was a 26 pick, man. He wasn't the third pick. Get the fuck out of here. Like I saw something on Twitter today, so I took the time to do the research to look at it because this is a situation we've never seen before the exact situation right somebody posted had posted about Blake Bortles got this many games Sam Darnold got this many games Baker's gotten this many games like Trey Lance still has a hope and somebody tried to clap back with the whole Paxton Lynch Josh Rosen like the things we've been down the road before not about Trey Lance but about rookie first round quarterbacks Dwayne Haskins was the other one and you know what i you know what they all had in common adam they had two things in common They were drafted top ten or later, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like tenth pick for Josh Rosen, sixteenth for Haskins. You mean you mean yeah?
0: They were out. They were tenth or outside of the top ten, right? Right.
1: Twenty-six for Paxton Lynch. And you know what? The other thing is, they all had brand new head coaches the next year. All of
0: them, right? Every
1: single one of them, their head coach got fucking canned, and they brought somebody else in the next year who wanted to do it their way. But the thing Trey Lance has for him, listen. Sorry, yes, go ahead. He's the third overall pick. Adam, we've never seen a third overall pick to this point. Now, you can put it in context with Zach Wilson now as this second overall pick. right? Fail and only get two games. To be given up on after two games is almost unheard of. We've never seen it from the third overall pick. A top five pick, if you want to make that an arbitrary cutoff. doesn't really matter. The other thing that they have going for him, and my other pushback is, people act like Brock Purdy is just going to walk back in week one with an elbow that got torn to the point where he needed repair on it. Like a surgery that we rarely see a torn UCL from a quarterback. We rarely see this. And he's going to come back and be Brock Purdy from the playoffs. Like Brock Purdy from that championship championship game run. Like he's going to walk back in with no concerns whatsoever. Those are the like those are the reasons where I go like Fuck for a second, I'll buy Trey Lance. I'm willing to fuck around and find out and throw it away. If I miss, I miss. Who gives a shit? It was a second. Could I've done something better with it? Yeah, but I got enough sitting in front of me. Going, it's a worthwhile but, bet for me, and it's can, one I'm going to continue to make.
0: Can I, can I give you um, and everyone yeah. listening because you know Mike's more biased or whatever? He he, he wants. Trey Lance, he's gonna he's gonna childly fight it till, the, but I'm I'm gonna give you what I think is something I, I wish I would have said on Reggie's pod, but we were going back and forth, and I thought about it after. Honestly, the thing that, that is so frustrating about Trey Lance, and also why I'm so it's so hard to give up on him, is because what was the reason he was going ahead of Fields, Mike? Really, and what was the reason he was going so high in a lot of these startups, even when we hadn't seen it? Because he was gonna get to sit, and because what the situation. And the craziest part about Trey Lance is, even right now, nobody missed. We were right. The situation's fucking great. Look at Brock Purdy. That's the crazy part about Trey Lance is, we just don't know. This We we still could be 100% right. That's the most frustrating part about it. Trey Lance, last year, it stays healthy. Obviously, he didn't. There's no reason you can tell me that he couldn't have done – Everything that Purdy did, and maybe he had more upside in fantasy. But you can't, you can't. Right. Now, here's the scary part, though. It looks like uh, now to your point about the we don't know what Purdy's arm is like, but like does does Trey Lance ever really get a real shot to take that situation? And if you t- and yeah. if you say and if you say that he doesn't have that situation now, and he goes into a new situation, which is the team that didn't draft him and probably buys him cheap, what type of real vested interest do they have in Trey Lance if he's not firing early because we have a guy that's very much, you know, very raw and very, very high upside, but like hasn't played a lot of snaps, period. Forget the NFL um, recently. So it's what makes it tough. But to your point about the draft capital and the upside at cost right now, it's getting harder and harder to fade just because everyone wants to just get off the ship for whatever previous
1: cost that you paid for him it, it's done here we out. go like it was, it was scott says investment.
0: zero lance and 52 leagues. scott I, i'm curious though because i i heard you and you and tommy talk about this where where is the point of he's so cheap that you would buy back because you know that that's one of the spots that if you get to a point where it's so low you'll go to a 100 percent roster uh if you had to so, like, z- now it's zero because you probably were able to sell off for a lot of them at higher pricing. But when is the buyback period? Because I think we're already kind of getting close to it, in my opinion, just based on quarterback scarcity.
1: Here's the last thing I got, man. We just saw this year, this year, two quarterbacks that were deader than dead. No one gave a fuck about. Cooper's love Geno Smith. Made a year nine resurrection. And now where is he going? Like, what's his value? You might get a first out of him, right? Might. He was, dead or, he was fucking on the waiver wire this time last year. No one cared. Jordan Love, sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. Remember when it was crazy, like people are sending early second-round I traded him for Love. Matt
0: Ryan last year in the offseason and got praised.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm saying, okay? We don't know. He's a young praised. quarterback. We've never seen the situation. I don't feel the greatest about Brock Purdy. One, the talent-wise, that's, that's irrelevant. But – you have to at least acknowledge that the elbow surgery was a big fucking deal. We don't know if he's going to make it back. How Ooh. he makes it back?
0: You know what though, uh, uh, Scott? This, this this is actually something I've been meaning to say too. When Trey Lance gets to this crazy criminal cost, because here's the thing: if he's not starting Week One, and whether that's with via Sam Darnold and then Purdy takes over later, what do we know? He's going to be he's going to become dirt cheap. Like he's already dirt cheap, but he's going to get really bad. The greatest part about this scenario is what? San Francisco almost always has injured quarterbacks. What if Trey Lance gets the job back just because by default, and now he's in a great situation, which we've seen. How many how many quarterbacks have we seen be very good in this offense? Right, Jimmy G, Brock Purdy. The I only ones know. that the only ones that really sucked were like Nick Mullins and the, that whole year. Outside of that, they've all been great under under Shanahan.
1: To me, I don't. know. Maybe this isn't the greatest advice just being honest about it but adam it's like the stock market man you get in on a meme stock that you think is hot right but you end up buying in towards the top and you look up in a year and all of a sudden you lost you know eight hundred dollars of the thousand you put in right so you're sitting there your stock's worth two hundred dollars you want me to cash out for two hundred dollars and take an eight hundred dollar loss like the minute i cash out i admit defeat cool i saved 200 bucks. or do i just sit there just out of sheer fucking spite, and I'll just ride out this two hundred dollars. But see, but no, nah, but heaven forbid it go back up, right? If I get even close to the thousand, you cash out, and you go, wow, that was a crazy ride. I'm <laughs> sure glad. But it if magical. you, but
0: if you follow it enough, and you're like, man, there's a scenario this goes to zero, getting out for two hundred, and then reinvesting that can absolutely help your dynasty team.
1: Fuck that, it's lost cause already. So, lost, so you're you're basically
0: saying at this point. With Trey Lance, it's a sunk cost fallacy. You're sticking to.
1: Why not? Like I All already right. made the. I uh, made the purchase. I'm
0: not saying you can't say that. I'm I, just I gotta, I, that's I gotta, what st- it is. All right. I
1: gotta sit here with the shit sandwich and just just smell it every day. <laughs> just, what else am I gonna do? I'll go buy some more shit sandwiches. South. Island I guess I.
0: It. I guess my point, uh, Scott, would be that you you can buy him for free in this scenario before you have to pay anything um when he gets when he gets dirt cheap if he's not starting or playing by like you know the first month of the season he's going to be people are panic selling they're already panic selling imagine what they're going to be selling for in october um mike's going to have 100 percent trey lance roster ship just watch um he's right. going to say you know what now not only am i not selling at 200 when i see it at five bucks i'm willing to do it because it's just i can't miss <laughs> I'm going to have a hundred (laughs) percent roster ship. I don't know how we, we did a whole pod with Ray and this turned into a like 20, 30 minute thing on Trey Lance. I I guess, I guess really because it's the dead period, there's not much else that's as interesting as him. So here we find ourselves again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mike, uh, this
0: is interesting though. You you are, you're basically like, listen, running back. I learned my lesson. All this Trey Lance. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving.
1: You have to show me an example where it's failed. Like, where it's failed. I could show you a billion examples of the running well, but map, no, where I learned my lesson. Oh, where, I I got see bit, you. where you got kicked in the teeth. Right? We've been kicked in the teeth wow. over the last couple of years. McCaffrey
0: already. will move back under center before Trey does. That's wild. Jesus. <laughs> I don't, oh my god. I think we can leave that there.
1: Um, <laughs> you hear, <you're> an asshole. <laughs> I'm glad cr- you're back, though.
0: No, but I mean, the crazy part, though, is that, uh, like, it feels like people forget that Chris McCaffrey had, like, a bunch of injuries, doesn't right. it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a different situation than the quarterback. Um, all right. Any any other questions besides Trey Lance? Because I think at this point now, that's all, we've talked about it for so long, there's nothing to mm. pivot to. Everyone's putting comments that are strictly um, Trey that's Lance.
1: That's right. You're, your boy getting up at 4 a.m. to go to work, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Mike, you you trying to dip. All right. Uh I was going to ask I was going to ask a couple things real quick. Yeah. Are there any players right now for you that two two different ways. One, you know someone wants to contend, right? And so you're willing to try to buy some of the, you know, young players off of them or players that maybe don't fit the true contender build or vice versa, someone that's rebuilding. Are are there targets, are there players for you right now that you think are um like acquirable uh, obviously we already talked you're probably buying lance but uh, other people that you think are targets or, you know reasonable buys right now before it gets to the point of you know redraft season and everyone's kind of zoned in coming the same in, players
1: yeah you're kind of coming to the end of those those times right
0: we're, we're like getting the, like depending right. on your league you could be looking at you know two weeks you could be looking at a month but before you know it Redrafts gonna be in full go, and you're gonna have the buy window completely shut.
1: Generally, I would say I'm I'm pretty set. Where I just, you know, I'll explore deals, but I'm not really popping off too many mm-hmm. um, in lineup leagues. I will say in baseball, especially, like I'm, you know, if I can get something stupid cheap, like something dumb, like people hate Mike Evans to the point where, like, hey, g- give me a third for Mike Evans. Yeah, of course, I'll do that. Um, give me a third for Tyler Lockett or Brandon Cooks. Like, yeah, I'm going to go out and try to buy those kind of guys in best ball. Lineup, it's a little bit more sketchy because you're carrying all the risk the minute you start pushing some of these assets in. And I still would like to, you know, make it through a preseason without a J.K. Dobbins, you know, torn ACL, a Travis Etienne, broken foot. Right. Um, and those are like we're on the higher end of assets. But even some of these other guys, right, Tyler Lockett has an injury in, in training camp that's, you know, a pulled hamstring going to keep him out six seven weeks it's like fuck i just burned that pick on you know that third could have been so many other things like i could have bought so much else so generally i don't want to push liquidity or what i've built right now in it's still july but i will explore it if it's stupid cheap if it's stupid cheap and it, you know it's a worthwhile risk whether you like trey lance or not if you're telling me it's a second, or I got to send you Jimmy Garoppolo for for Trey Lance, or you want Brock Purdy straight up for Trey Lance, by all means, here you take him. <laughs> like I'll go down with the ship. But for the other skill players, not a whole lot. Um, some of those contending pieces, like up tier guys, though, uh, the Devontae Adams, the Stefan yeah. Diggs, the Tyreek yep. Hills, those guys that we're pretty damn certain are oh, still going to be good really one. good this year. What those are we? Those are the guys that I'm looking at.
0: What what what's your take on the whole Tyreek Hill situation?
1: It doesn't. I don't care. It's cool. It's off season. Well, I'm, I'm just. I'm just making sure we well, got nothing else. To I'm just talk making about
0: sure it. because uh, it, well, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Trade Lance, but <laughs> you know talk, what I mean. No, though, no but like, Tyreek Kill is a new is, cycle. Sucks. I have actually I was already buying before that, and I've leaned into buying I'll more. Buy if there's more. any That's person that was any type of fear, a thousand percent. Yes. Those are the type of things that I will buy on every single time. Like I- I'll I'll tell you another one uh, to the same degree, Mike. And I'm starting to get to the point where, like, I'm wondering, are we even going to see anything happen? And that's Alvin Kamara.
1: Yeah, he could Mike, be No, nah, I mean, I he he, it, he still I, could
0: get a suspension, but like, we're we're uh, getting his, to the point where
1: his court date's at the end of the month, though.
0: I know, but like, <laughs> yeah. is there a chance that he ends up playing more games than we think? That's my question at this point. There's always been a chance. People actually like That's my point. But but, but people have been basically selling more and more like he's definitely going to have a certain amount of games to spend and we don't know anything yet.
1: Correct. That's people my point
0: with time, and that's the yes. whole off-season cycle point that I'm making is yes. if I can buy Kamara, it's a totally different cost than if I can buy Tyree Kill um Shit, or the,
1: you can get Kamara sometimes in a startup in like the 13th 14th round, man. People I'm actually kicking eight.
0: myself that I didn't get him in this uh auction um, because Right. I had already got two players so I was uh out on getting them. But yeah, uh, th- th- there's a lot of there's a lot of targets I think for me, but th- right. th- Those type of things I'm willing to buy on. Um anything else you got before we get out of here, buddy? Uh let me just make sure no, we didn't man. Oh no, we got we got a question up here. Hold on. Contending team have Purdy, trade away Stroud, Pittman and Shakir and a 25 third. He'll get back Lance Diggs in 24 seconds. Thoughts appreciated.
1: No. I mean I assume i'm assuming this is super flex, i was i was say. just going
0: to say i'm assuming superflex first and foremost yes superflex no yeah. one Qb If it's of one q b yes yes there's no way it's one qb though there's no way
1: this is superflex no way not um, with where people I, would are at, to, um, I would need i would need to know
0: with what with uh, Stroud
1: with lance <laughs> that's a massive down-tier quarterback. of course so where people yes there's yeah no i think i think
0: the the only way I would even consider this is if I have, a really really good quarterback room.
1: Nope, I don't consider it then.
0: Well, my my point is that that's step one of two, and then <laughs> I need more. I need more on my side coming back. But if I have quarterbacks to, to play with, okay, yeah. I'm fine throwing away what you're doing. Like I'm I'm fine losing Stroud and Pittman. Yeah, but I need more than digs in a second coming back because uh, Lance pretty much is waiver wire fodder. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, Like it's just it, yeah, Lance. I think I'll be honest with you. This is one of those where, uh, as much as Mike says, you know, sunk cost fallacy. I think Lance being in the deal is something that I don't want to have happen because that person thinks they're getting you know, they're they're giving you Lance and you have Purdy. Right. And you're getting a, you know, you're getting the quarterback room, but you got a roster lance, and it's also a dead asset. So no, nope. that's not what I want to do.
1: I don't want to trade away a good quarterback asset that people still like and won't bitch about and complain and fight me on and call a meme stock. The Koopa.
0: Well, but but well, yeah, I <laughs> gotta put, I gotta put this up. He's a he's a company man. Um, he's a company. I know man. he is. But no, this that's the point. Like that's the difference, right? If I can get off a of Stroud. To get to digs and it makes sense, sure, if you have extra quarterbacks, but not here. Like, it doesn't make sense because I'm also losing Pittman. I just, I don't, I don't like the way this deal is constructed. Nope. I'd be in if you had X, if you had excess quarterbacks, you can afford to lose Stroud and you can rework the deal. I'd probably just drop Lance out of it completely. Um, and at, and I need something better coming back than the second on the dig side, period. Yep. And then you're good. Uh, all right, Mike. Last question. We'll get out of here. Uh, Don't
1: make me answer the fucking eight team question.
0: Oh, come on! Damn it! <laughs> come on! God damn it! That's supposed to be to how we get out. Show. That's how. That's supposed to be how we get out of here. We make Mike <laughs> go the whole Trey Lance <laughs> route, and then we go eight team.
1: I, I refuse. <laughs> I appreciate you definitely I'm not answering a fucking question. Come on Mike question. Listen you, you guys just Listen talk bro about Listen I I take a week, a week off
0: that. and you can't even answer an 18 question in my first appearance I, back I
1: answered like 9 of them last week all right I wanted to bang my head against the wall Don't I I
0: have, I have no again. words that he You know hold on uh McGungle I'm sorry man but Mike is he's <laughs> <laughs> he, he took the mouse away. He he told me I couldn't put it up <laughs> anymore. He refused. Throw it in. I appreciate you tapping in, but Mike has uh, put his foot down. All right, rice cake, Randy. Last question of the day, and then we'll get out of here. So, twelve team Superflex took over an orphan to rebuild, and my quarterback won a C.J. Stroud. No problem with that. Twenty. Uh, I have four four twenty twenty four firsts. I'm, I'm guessing that's a typo and seconds. Yeah. Tanking for Caleb Williams still don't see the question but oh here it is sorry two-part question cool can stroud be in an eventual top 12 quarterback in super flex format or should i try to push my rebuild out further by moving him yes i
1: move, I move. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. yes <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> yes if you get a good deal man like what would it take for you two more first give me two first for cj stroud yours see ya
0: man you know what mike this is um it's gonna be a teaser because you know a full week off I can't tell you what it does for your brain as far as like not being able to talk things out and just, you're right. just storing stuff and thinking about things we're doing for 40 Mike. And it doesn't have to be this week, but I really want it to be soon because it's almost like, you know, in, um, in Step Brothers when they're getting, they have to go to the real world, you know, mm. what, what do I do if there's inclement weather, right? Like right. it's <laughs> the quarterback horde. What do I do next? And the same question I think kind of applies here, but, Think about it this way. If you had a quarterback horde and you're trading away all these quarterbacks and basically most people don't want to lose right away. And I'm fine doing that because most people don't want to do it. So I'll sink in two years of dues to load up my team. And maybe I don't win the next two years, but I'm willing to do it. If I start trading away my my quarterbacks for picks, what's the best way to keep leaning into this, right? And the reason I say that is because you got to go back to the first question. You have four of the 24 firsts. So I'm not just moving Stroud to move him, right? It's not even about could he become a top twelve quarterback in the future. I don't need I don't need to go out that far. I'm t- I'm working in right now, like right now he fits my build. He's young. He's got draft capital. They have I mean they have forced him to be the only quarterback asset they have. They they traded away their future, right?
1: He's a, he's a safe asset to have, right? Correct, exactly.
0: Well said, safe asset. So now what do you have? someone needs a quarterback and you already seen all these teams trade you first accumulate more first so if i can get myself to 624 first or 524 and a 25 first okay we can we can play this game and it's not even about cj stroud anymore it's about the process of accumulating the picks so that you can eventually find one of these teams because if you have five what's going to happen i because you have your own it's so unlikely that all hey, of those teams are going to be... Don't,
1: don't waste the whole fucking podcast right. right now, okay? Right. We're Fair trying enough. to get out Fair of enough. here. Fair enough. You're going on this fucking tirade like you just asked you, you about well,
0: Trey Lance. I, damn it. I, see, I didn't get a chance to talk. Mike doesn't want me to talk. He wants to talk about Trey Lance. His fingers are burnt. He wants to get out of here. We're fucking out of Randy. here. Yes, Randy. Randy. If I, think, for I two think he first, has to piss. Ahead. I think he has to piss. That's I what, don't really know what happens. Really He's very piss. upset. It's
1: an 18 question. I got buried on the lance. <laughs> so Hold this, on. This
0: um, <laughs> it's okay. Said he was- <laughs> Magongo, Magongo man, listen. um, You'll get used to it, all right? Uh, If you keep <laughs> coming back, this is what happens. You know, Mike gets stubborn. He gets deliberate. He tells you how it is and... Listen, eight teams in this in this space, you might find some other spaces. They don't fly here, buddy. Uh, I tried, but uh, it was almost – it was all for play. Mike Mike had no part of it. But, listen, man, we appreciate every single one of you guys tapping in. Yes. Um, I was ready to talk to you guys for a while, but Mike has had enough. We will see you back here, same time, same place, next week for the South Harmon AMA. We are out of the saying. Peace. Love
1: y'all. Peace.